Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights with a historic year, a record for points, equaling the 51 wins from year number one and taking the Western Conference top seed and winning the Pacific Division. A banner will be hung at T-Mobile Arena, and the Stanley Cup playoffs will start with everybody beginning from zero and that kicks off on Monday. Still don't know the final matchups in the Western Conference, but we do know the Golden Knights will host the Vegas, uh, will host the Winnipeg Jets uh, for game number one and two at T-Mobile. And then we'll get you dates and games for the the games that uh, will take place in Canada, in Winnipeg. Uh, other matchups to come, we'll run those down as we get into hour number two of the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and uh, Ryan Wallace. Uh, but uh, before we get too far into what's going to happen, we should reflect on last night and a must-perform type of situation for the Vegas Golden Knights. Needed a point mm-hmm. to win the Pacific Division. They got the two. They locked down the Western Conference, and it's time for our game rating on the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, what do you think? Okay, so I know that the Golden Knights did not play their best game last night. That being said, you did lock up the division. You finished first in the Western Conference for the first time in franchise history. Third division title in six years. I'm not going any direction other than than DeLorean. I thought Lorraine Brossois was really good. This is a a game where the Golden Knights found a way. You get Jack Eichel back into the fold, shakes a little bit of the rust off. Same thing with Shea Theodore. Um, It's it's a division-winning championship game. It's a five-out-of-five DeLorean for me. Lindsey Brown at the controls today. Uh, How do you see last night? I will also give them a DeLorean because the the point that you were making in terms of what has changed about this team, the commitment to the to the details, to the defensive system, to taking care of the neutral zone. I think it was on full display last night and, and a perfect game to kind of encapsulate how far this team has come from that rush heavy team that's always be looking for opportunities to score versus one that's willing to withstand and and roll with the punches. They scored a couple of goals last night without shots in the sense that Riley Smith gets credit for his 200th NHL goal. Mm-hmm. It went off his skate. He was there at the perfect time. And it's a fluke, yes. It's a great bounce, of course. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, he was there in the forecheck. He made that play happen. Mm-hmm. And didn't didn't see it occurring that way, but... He was in on the puck, uh, which uh, led to that play. And the same can be said about the empty netter from Chandler Stevenson. Making a play defensively in the right lane, and did he shoot it? No, mm-hmm. but it ends up uh, going in because of the effort on the defensive side. Both sides, uh, Riley Smith and Chandler Stevenson, uh, are players that were forcing the issue, and I love that as much as uh, anything else last night, although I am partial to Alec Martinez, one of my favorite uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Being able to score, it goes down as a shorthanded goal, mm-hmm. even though they had the uh, the goalie out for the extra attacker on a delayed penalty. Uh, but the fact that that rotation led to Alec Martinez, a guy that's always blocking shots, 
gets one, bounce over, and he shovels into the back of the net, and that smile. He scored a couple of big goals in the course of his career, Yeah, but he scored the goal that gives the Vegas Golden Knights uh, first in the West and the Pacific Division title. Uh, couldn't be happier for uh, anybody more than Alec, who's gone through a journey like uh, nobody else uh, from last year's injury and fighting his way back in the lineup and then uh, playing this year. Uh, really pumped for him. Uh, DeLorean all way around for the Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I look at that last night as as an encapsulation of uh, a distillation of the entire season for the Golden Knights. It's one of those games where you look at it and you say, okay, you know what? The Golden Knights had a mission. They had an objective going into the game. They had something to play for. And they, they find a way to make it happen, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You've got Alec Martinez scoring what goes down as a shorthanded goal, even though it was a five-on-five situation, which is just hilarious when you kind of boil, uh, boil it all down. But it's all to say that the Golden Knights have, have found ways to win all year long, and this game, 82, was no different. When they absolutely needed a point, they come through with two. They lock everything up, and now we get to turn our attention to the second season and the playoffs and the Winnipeg Jets. The Golden Knights did not trail in a game in which they needed something out of it because they knew already what uh, the Edmonton Oilers were doing in taking care of their own business against the San Jose Sharks. So they responded to that, and they get the banner, they get the championship hats, and they get to enjoy a moment. Uh, 51st win and first place in the West, uh, top place in the Pacific Division. Here's Bruce Cassidy afterwards last night. Just initial thoughts from that game, Pacific Division title, top top of the West. Uh, found a way, right? We've done that a lot this year. Uh, I thought our game was in and out. Um, not the start we wanted, but got through it. Played through a lot of um, patches of the game where you know they were on top of us. And uh, I think LB is probably our best player tonight. And that's it's always nice when you go into the playoffs and your goalie's coming off a really strong game. Uh, we were much better in front of him at home. Tonight he bailed us out a number of times, so um, a little give and take there. But uh, proud of the guys. I mean, we're, we won all we could win um, in terms of regular season. We got, got the division crown, which was, I thought was well-earned. Edmonton's been charging hard this coming out of the break like us. All the teams, you know, are playing well around us. And then you get the conference, which is nice too. Um, listen, I think we played just as well on the road is at home, but it's always nice to have that in your back pocket. I guess just that third period you've talked about the last couple of weeks, you know, whether the first and second have gone your way, you've found ways to smother teams in the third. Yeah, and get the you know, they step up, guys. we got we got winners in that room. So they knew that, hey, maybe we weren't at our best, but we can still get the win here tonight. Yeah, you have to be able to do that. Like, there's not a team in the National Hockey League that's firing on all cylinders 60 minutes every night. So, um you know, we stepped up and we had to. Got some a big penalty kill there late that you know took care of business on the, when they when they pulled their goalie. Um, you know we got a fortunate goal there, but I mean it, we 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 hadn't given up much. We'd kept them to the outside, so it looked like we were in control and we were able to put away. How important is it to let yourself take a little bit of time to reflect on what the group has done, especially given the last calendar year for the team? Yeah, that's always tough because you're right away you're going to. I mean, before the game, you're thinking about who you got. So. It's human nature to look ahead when you're in this position. I'm sure they were too, to a certain extent. Who we got, you know, like we, you know, you just you can't help it. But as we said to them, you know, your your head has to be where your feet are. Our feet are in Seattle, so let's get focused on on that and get back to our game. And 
and now, you know, we are going to look at Winnipeg, and I'm sure we're going to start combing right away. So I don't think we'll enjoy this for long, to be honest with you. Got a nice hat out of the deal, though. Uh, uh, so that, that, uh, that'll be good. But these are things when you win sort of regular season stuff you look at later. Right now, I think everybody's... Uh, I know the players will want to relax. You know, it was a hard-fought game and take a breather. But I think as coaches, you're always kind of, okay, what's the next challenge? That's, that happens to be the Winnipeg Jets. We haven't seen them in a long time uh, in terms of playing them. So, you know, we want to get to work on that. How important is this stretch of rest? You have a pretty good chunk of time given that you have home ice advantage and sounds like you're starting on Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to start Tuesday, so we'll get a day off tomorrow. I'll get some work in on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. How much we hit the ice, I don't know. Probably, I would guess, two or three of those days. Uh, start drilling down on some of Winnipeg's tendencies, um, tidying up you know, our stuff as usual, uh, getting guys ready, um, getting more reps. You can see it with Theo, right? He hasn't practiced much because we haven't practiced much, so... The live action for him was, you know, at first something he hasn't been used to because in season when you get hurt like that, you're usually still practicing a lot, but we haven't been able to do that much lately. So good for those guys to get reps that miss some time. Let's get after him. Were you happy with Jack and Theo in terms of what you saw in terms of getting back in it? Yeah, I mean, listen, they've, you know, they, they'll they have to evaluate their, their own games, where they're at with their conditioning and stuff and game reps. Jack hasn't been out that long, so I figure he'll come around quicker than Theo. Um, but at the end of the day, they helped us win the hockey game, and, and I'm glad they got a game in, you know, before um, before Tuesday because I, th- you know, I think just getting back into the sort of game mode and uh, the pressure of playing with people around you and the physicality is always good. Vegas Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy coming off a 51-win season at the helm in his first year uh, coaching the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, leading them to the Western Conference top seed and first place in the Pacific Division and a guy that has a expectation of his players mm-hmm. and there's definitely a more bite to Bruce Cassidy as a head coach when you talk about different styles and and I thought that that was an interesting journey that the players uh, went on with Bruce uh, throughout this year as well. It sure was. I you You have a kind of a new voice, right? And I think the the biggest thing for the Golden Knights going into the offseason last year was just the the ability to reset. And bringing in Bruce Cassidy, I think, allows for that full reset. You, you come in new, refreshed, and, and you're learning new things, too, in terms of your training camp. It's, it's not um, a retread. It's it's new and, and invigorating and exciting. And I think for the Golden Knights, the, the, the real journey has been Bruce Cassidy getting this team to to buy in completely to what it is he believes can make them successful. And I think over the course of the season, we saw that happen. And right now the Golden Knights are in a really good spot entering the playoffs. There's different parts of this roster where you think, I didn't see that happening. And I'm not talking about trade deadline acquisitions, Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. uh, Ivan Barbashev, uh, along that line. Uh, those happen with every contending team every year and their additions. Uh, but at the start of the year, it was a revelation that Paul Cotter played his way into this situation mm-hmm. of being a full-time National Hockey Leaguer for the first time. Uh, that started by being included in training camp uh, with the main group in the in the main dressing room. It gave him confidence, and he developed. And, and uh, the home opener... Paul Cotter scores the only goal 
and had the impact. His shootout goal uh, uh, this year, his shootout skills uh, are breathtaking at, at times, and his ability to do that. Uh, that was a, a part of that uh, that you didn't necessarily expect. Uh, what was Phil Kessel going to be able to do and his contribution? It was uh, setting the Ironman. Uh, that took a lot of focus, but as far as contributions on the score sheet, uh, leading to wins and losses, this is a player that, uh, that got through uh, the early part of the season and then got better and better uh, as things went along. Uh, Jack Eichel, what was he going to be like in his first full season in, in Vegas? Uh, fully healthy, uh, back after uh, some recovery time. Uh, how is he going to be able to uh, adjust? And uh, despite missing a couple of segments uh, of the season, uh, the, the, the part that uh, that will jump out to people is uh, Jack's 200-foot uh, game mm-hmm. and, and being able to contribute uh, on both sides of the puck and being in the, in the, in the right position. And I wonder how much of the uh, numbers on the score sheet uh, are a factor of, of paying attention to his, his all-around game. Uh, there's, there's different aspects. Alex Petrangelo setting a, uh, a mark uh, on, on the Vegas Golden Knights for defensive scoring. In, in the quietest fashion possible. Like that, that I still have trouble getting my head around that, uh, that he did that because at no point did I go, boy, he's, he's dominating. When you're setting team records, you go, okay, it's got to be upward uh, echelon. Maybe that's because Carlson was having the type of year that he was and, and it overshadowed it. Uh, but, uh, but I thought that was so consistent uh, by, by Alex Petrangelo. There was, there was a, a few different areas that, uh, that were impressive. The idea of Jack Eichel and the evolution of his game, right? The maturation of his game and, you know, being a player that is still going to get his points, he finished 66 points, 67 games, just off a point a game. But, you know, with, with a couple of injuries thrown in there when he was really, really going really, really clicking for the golden Knights. Um, and it plus minus doesn't tell you everything, but plus 26 for Jack Eichel. Like this is a yeah. player that scored big goals that had gigantic moments on the national stage with his hockey club. But it's also a player that committed to, to back checking. It's also a player that committed to making sure his own end was taken care of first. It's a player that was on the ice protecting leads late in games. And that's the growth you've needed to see from Jack Eichel. And I think that, you know, that's what you got this year. Organizationally, Eichel, great. Wasn't here all of last year. Uh, acquired part of the future. Mm-hmm. Paul Cotter wasn't in the NHL all of last year. Was this year. Big part of the future. Growing into a National Hockey League. Pavel Dorofiev. Is he a full-time National Hockey Leaguer? I don't know yet. Time, there needs to be more runway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very encouraged by his ability to to get involved and play with different players. Uh, maybe more so than than anything else. He came up and he was with Carlson and Riley Smith and was really impressive. But uh, but being able to do it in different combinations, uh, I, I'm encouraged that uh, that he might be up and be part of the National Hockey League uh, for uh, the the foreseeable future uh, on that side. Uh, so adding to the organization is big, but adding and bringing up players and getting them uh, involved. And, and having some staying power, that's part that uh, that we haven't seen a lot of, and and I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, you you talk about you know Pavel Dorofiev and and the the fact that he was able to come in fill a hole and do it quite well, and you know it. You look at Daniil Mirmanov, right? When uh, the Golden Knights were having some issues in terms of health on their back end, Daniil Mirmanov comes in. He's, he does some great work on the power play, uh, gives you some good solid minutes. Braden Pahal gets some time. 
uh, Ben Hutton, the work that he did, and I know it's not coming up through the system or anything like that, but it can't really be understated how important Ben Hutton was to the Golden Knights, especially in this final push to, to kind of lock up the division and the conference. I got a lot of hockey buddies who have their say and their uh, specific opinion on things in and around the National Hockey League, but nobody voices it more to me over text and through the various phone calls than former National Hockey League defenseman Jeff Sharples, who is a Las Vegas guy, uh, part of the Las Vegas Thunder, and uh, joined us now on the VGK Insider Show for his debut performance on the radio. Uh, very rarely do you do TV before you do radio, but uh, that's Sharples. He's a pretty boy, and he's getting it done right now. Uh, uh, where are you in your assessment? First of all, welcome to the program. Nice to have you along. Hey, I, I, thanks, and that was quite the introduction. I, I was I was chirped before I was even on the air, so uh, I uh, I feel at home right away. So thank you. Why do you have a, such a thin skin? You're you're a professional athlete. <laughs> you're supposed to be able to take my stuff. Uh, it was such a warm introduction. I don't even <laughs> know if I can answer anything else. But uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it and. Uh, Look forward to uh, talking Golden Knights and NHL. What do you think is the calling card of this team? And you can't say depth. You have to say it a different way. Well, I think, you know, the calling card of the team, I always said that Golden Knights, or at least I thought that the Golden Knights were at their best when they're moving through the neutral zone. And there was a little bit of a push-pull, I think, this year um, when when, uh, Butchie, uh, when Coach Cassidy came to town and the way he likes to do things, because he's been in the Eastern Conference for so long and had so much success. And, you know, we, it was kind of a high-wire act sometimes with the Golden Knights on their transition and very exciting. And I think my where I think the success of the team is and where they've really kind of grown as the year has gone on underneath Bruce is uh, is in the neutral zone. Um, instead of trying to pass the puck into the zone or carry it in, They'll do the, the smart thing and they'll chip it in once in a while. And they've got a lot of speed and they've got a lot of really smart players. Go retrieve it and then, you know, they can uh, can let their skill take over. And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, they've had a lot of people step up, which has been been fantastic. But I would say, you know, what makes this team go, uh, the defensively, they've been really good. It looks like everybody knows exactly what their job is in their own end, which is huge as you head in the playoffs. But I like what they've done in the neutral zone. I think they've really simplified it. When it's not been there, they haven't tried to force it. And I think that was kind of the coach-player relationship. That was a hurdle for them to get over, to, for them to start playing the way the coach wanted to the, them to play more often. And I think that kind of, you know, when you know what your teammate's going to do, I think whoever's in the lineup makes it a lot easier to read off them. Jeff Sharples knows about the pressure in the National Hockey League. Uh, he broke in with the Detroit Red Wings when he was going up against Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers. So imagine going up against that gauntlet uh, and that attack. Uh, joins us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan. Now, it, kind of in terms of where the Golden Knights are at now down the stretch, they did a lot of winning. But in terms of kind of their overall game, where do you assess where this team is in terms of a complete 60? And how does that benefit them going into that first round matchup against Winnipeg? Well, I think, Ryan, that, you know, their game, they, it's funny. This team finished, you know, with 111 points. And they just kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. They can't seem to get a lot of respect. Like, you know, a few years ago, everyone talked about them. Now, you know, you, you hear Edmonton. Well, Edmonton was unbelievable in the second half. And, 
and they couldn't, they still couldn't rail them in. Now that there's no guarantee starting on Monday night for any of these teams. And the parody is incredible, right? But, um, you know, I like, uh, I like the way they play. I, I like uh, what, you know, uh, I like, I'd like to see their special teams just pick up just an, a touch uh, with their, with their power play, but uh, matching up against Winnipeg, um, it's going to be a, a steep hill for them to climb, but uh, I think they have it in them. Um, I, you know, it's kind of funny, full disclosure, my best buddy growing up, Wade Flaherty, is the goalie coach of the Winnipeg Jets, so I'm obviously torn. I love to see Flats do well, and i got a lot of friends that played, uh, that coached there. But, yeah, I think, I think the big thing is, is I think the team to go, go forward is the identity that uh, Bruce has brought from being with the Bruins for all those years and adding a little bit of tweak to the way the Knights operate. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're strong, they're fast. And one thing I like about this team is, is they've had all hands on deck this year. Um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries again, but they've been able to overcome them. And from the goaltender out, um, they've had everyone uh, step up for them. So that bodes really well. I think going into the playoffs uh, that you have all that, all those guys that have had a hand in your success this season. Jeff Sharples chatting with us. He's also a season ticket member, and he's been on the uh, the AT and T side on the TV. So uh, don't anybody think that he's uh, he's just going to be hosting his buddy uh, here in this first round series. He's got these Vegas ties that run deep uh, from his days with the Las Vegas Thunder and the National Hockey League. Uh, very average skater when he played, but uh, but he got through that, uh, which was which was a great uh, great plus and uh, a guy that can battle as well. Hey, uh, Sharples, I-, I think I know how the forward lines will be distributed on game number one on Tuesday, but I'm not totally sure. I, have you ever seen anything like it where you've got so many potential different combinations, and that's with Stone being in or with Stone not being in? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, that goes back to everybody's had a hand in this, and, and the team, you know, people have looked kind of by them, even with their success this year, and Again, there's no guarantee starting next week uh, where any of these teams are going to be. But, yeah, uh, if Stone comes back, you know, I think that gives Chandler Stevenson a shot in the arm. And those two were so dynamic together. Nick Waugh moves up and down the lineup. You know, you've got all these guys, Barbashev, Dorofiev, Howden, Omadio, you know, and then you just get Riley Smith and William Carlson, what they bring to you every night. Um, you know, Marshy, uh, Marshall, you know, He's always seems to be there to score you a big goal. And Howden, uh, I might have brought him up. I don't know. I mean, they miss Carrier, but they find a way. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the lines will look like. Uh, they, they've been able to put them in the blender and come back out, and they've been able to get something out of everybody. And that's the thing I'm really interested to watch as the Golden Knights go into the playoffs this year is that, you know, they say scoring by committee, but if they continue to get the, you know, the, the work out of that, line up and we haven't even talked about their defense and how great they've been um again it, it's uh it's it's to the moon right I, it, it looks really good and and these guys obviously have a burr under their saddle from not being in the playoffs last year and they've got a lot of guys in that room that played a lot of big games in this league and that's what i'm excited to see i'm excited to see you know how they match up because winnipeg isn't you know they got guys there that remember what happened when the Golden Knights played them a few years ago. So the uh, there's a lot of intrigue as this series opens up. You ever ride a horse with a burr under its saddle? 
I used to ride horses here in Vegas back in the day with our old friend Clint Marchuk, uh out by the Santa Fe. If everyone you know knows out there, we used to be out in the back forty. So um, yeah, we used to we used to ride horses. I don't know if it had burr under its saddle, but I'm not very good at riding horses, so I didn't stay on very long. <laughs> hey, did you make your National Hockey League debut in the playoffs against Edmonton? You know, you're testing my memory, and you, I know you like to do that, but I think I might have. Um, I think you did, too. I can tell you a quick story. You know, I always say that me and uh, me and, the, and and Darren, we always take a 90-second conversation, turn it into about two hours. But I do remember this, and um, I actually might have played my first three games in the regular season. I can't remember, but I did get pulled up um, uh, to the playoffs, and I walked into Joe Lewis Arena. It took me all day to get there. And the Red Wings had had a chance, and I was underneath in the Zamboni, and, and it, it was so loud in that building, it scared the daylights out of me. And I thought to myself as I was walking towards the dressing room, the game had already started. I was like, i got to go out and play this. And it was against the Oilers back when they had Gretz, Messier, Curry, Coffee, Fuhr, all, all, all the top guys. But, um, yeah, I can't remember. You'd have to look that up, Mallard. I don't remember if I started against them or not, but I well, sure I loved he- playing against those guys. They were... They kept you on your toes. I'll tell you that you got called up for the series. I know that uh, during during that year, and uh, it, it leads me to the uh, question about if you can relate to what Jack's going to experience. Uh, Ray Ferrero was awesome in in taking us through it uh, yesterday. Uh, but pick your brain as a, as a former National Hockey Leaguer. Uh, expectations from Jack himself. What it's going to be like? Uh, does he? Does he? think he knows what it's going to be like and what will it end up being uh, in the fortress on, on, on Tuesday? Well, he'll know after he gets the first cross-check from someone on <laughs> the Jets, right? Because inevitably, <laughs> everyone's all fired up and, and emotions are running high. Even though you're like, okay, we got to be disciplined, we got to control our emotions, it's just an incredible experience. And T-Mobile is unlike any other building in the league uh, when it gets going. And so you know, I think right away someone's probably going to run into him. And then we always used to say the best thing to do when you're starting uh, a game is uh, be hit or get hit or, you know, or make a hit, one of the two. And so um, I think, you know, Jack's not going to go run anybody through the boards. But one of the things that I've really liked about his game as his years gone on, and he's been pretty healthy for the most part, is his two-way game. So I think he doesn't have to go out there and dazzle anybody. I think he just has to be responsible. Love to see him play north south with all that speed that he's got. Uh, and then, you know, even last night in Seattle, watching him, he's the first guy in the corner on, on you know, in, in, in the D, in the D zone. So there's a lot of really good things about his game. I think the energy will be there. It's just a matter of just calming the mind. That's the biggest thing, and I think that's what everyone deals with, uh, you know, when they in the playoffs. It's calm the mind, do that? and then. You know what? Keep the blood pressure low. <laughs> well, I've got medication done. for that, Sharples. But how does he keep the <laughs> he keep the mind calm? It's it, I you, you broke up there, but I heard something about keep the mind calm. Well, how, how do, do you do, do that? that? Yeah. That how, how does he do that? Grieving is one of the ways. I mean, you know, it, it's an old. There's an old saying out there, and I, I use it with the minor hockey kids I work with to this day. And I was I was told when I played, the waves never rush, and neither should you. So take three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. The breath goes all the way in. Breath goes all the way out, and and do that three times. And I recommend that for the people at home to try that right now. 
And it's a great way to settle you down. Now, in the middle of getting chased around the ice by, you know, uh, the Winnipeg Jet defenseman and whoever, probably he's going to see a lot of Adam Lowry in the series, just calm the mind, use his God-given ability, which is special. This guy's a super special player. And when he gets, you know, I, I always say just use, use your legs, get your feet moving, and, and he'll be just fine. Jeff Sharples with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, the advice of, of kind of taking a breath, I think, is one that you probably look to Loren Brossois, right? Because this is going to be, I expect, a, a big game one for Loren Brossois going up against his former team in the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you've talked about uh, the, the ability to defend this year for the Golden Knights. The fact that they've been able to go five goaltenders deep and do what they've done over the course of the season. Uh, what what was it about Brossois maybe down the stretch that, that kind of pushes him into this spot where he's going to be the guy come game one? Well, I think probably if you look back over, you know, his career, this has been building. And I think he's a great kind of uh, story to follow. He just, I think he just turned 30 or he's 30 years old now. Yes. And, uh, this hasn't happened overnight for LB, right? And I know you love it, Mallard, when I use the the guy's nicknames. But you know, you, he he's he's been in Winnipeg. There's going to be a little extra energy there, right? He's worked with Halibut. He's worked with their 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 management, which is still a lot of the management still there. He knows a lot of those players, so he's really, you know, going to have to just control the mind and control the breathing. But what he's done is he's just worked to earn this opportunity. And that's the only thing that I would look at and say, like you watch some of the saves he's made for this team over the, the, the stretch run and with Edmonton breathing right down their neck. And last night when the game could have gone sideways in Seattle, uh, I believe it was on one of their power plays. They threw it across and the one timer, he was there, hit him just about straight square in the crest. And that's when, you know, someone's on the game. So I just think maturity and understanding who he is and what he brings and, uh, you know, I understand he's, he's a really hard worker, too. So there's a lot of things that he can fall back on as he gets ready for this. And uh, don't forget, the guy that has been sitting there backing him up or he's been sharing the net with is Jonathan Quick. And this guy's, you know, been all world. We've, you know, had the opportunity to watch Quick in L.A., watch him win the Stanley Cups. And you got, you know, you got two Stanley Cup defensemen, Stanley Funny and Petrangelo and Martinez. And uh, you got a lot of experience you can lean on if you need it. Uh, talk about any of the defensemen uh, that you want, but I want to end there uh, with you uh, being a former Blue Liner in the National Hockey League. I, I was so happy for Martinez last night. Uh, Petro's been awesome. Uh, good to have Theo back. Um, don't know about White Cloud status moving forward, but Hag, uh, obviously in Hutton. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I could talk about all of them. I could go down to the kids of Pahal and Korzak and Mira yeah. Manoff. And Braden McNabb, too, right? Yeah, well, and he's he's what all he does is just shows up every night and and carries a heavy load and you know you might not see him at the end of the game in the in the box score for any but he you know last night you can tell when he's on his game he was able to line people up with that kind of hip check he does which can be devastating he got one of the cracking last night on the board so you know he's on his game I would just say this I mean uh, you know I know we got to we got to go but Petrangelo to me. Is a, he won't? I don't know how many votes he'll get for the Norris, but this guy has really been unbelievable. And I've been kind of saying that to Mallard for a while. And, uh, it, you know, it's nothing that people can't see, but I, 
I think this guy's had a Norris kind of year. Uh, he plays huge minutes. Martinez is just, he's in the way of every shot. This guy's just a true leader. Um, I love Theodore. I loved him from the time he was in Anaheim. I uh, was so happy to see him get back in the lineup last night because you could see there was a little bit of rust. But as the game got going, this guy's dynamic. And, uh, you know, with White Cloud out of the lineup for who knows how long, those younger guys, which I still think Theo's a younger guy, and Hag and, and him, and then the veteran in, in Hutton, um, they're going to have to, you know, uh, kind of just uh, carry the load a little bit that White Cloud would have. So yeah, I can't say enough about the D this year, that, that the Golden Knights and the job the coaching staff's done with those guys. And, of course, Braden McNabb's kind of always an unsung hero. But uh, I don't know if I missed someone, but I think they've all just done such a great job in Hutton since they plugged him back in. Like, I don't know if people realize – how hard it is to sit out for as long as he did and come in and be as productive as he did. Like he, he looks like he's played 75 games this year. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive. Uh, team pictures tomorrow. Uh, where did you like to be on the team picture? Well, center, if I could. But usually, <laughs> I was usually back row, back right, like, you know, up by one of the trainers, which is always cool because the trainers are the best people in the world. But, yeah. uh, yeah, they, I never. It's funny, Mallard. I never ended up in the center of too many pictures, but uh, uh, we always had a good time. And and uh, I, I would usually end up by up by one of the trainers, and and we always have fun because those guys are just the glue of any any team. So that's probably back right or back left is where you'd see me. That's if, not a bad spot, buddy. No, no, that's a that's a good spot because you know the guys in the middle, you see them, and then you got to go down to the to where the names are. And you go okay, back row, uh, left or right, and then you go through, and then you got to look back up. Oh, is that is that him? To but if you're beside the trainer uh, on left or right, then it's easier to find out who you are. Well, the question I have is, where are you going to be in the photo tomorrow? Uh, background. <laughs> Potential athlete. Background. Uh, we, we are going to jump into the team picture. This, the staff is going to, nice. uh, but uh, but but no equipment. Obviously, uh, they don't they don't allow the uh, the rehab guys to, to get in there. You know what, Charples? You're invited tomorrow night. We've got a skate seven thirty, City National Arena. You're invited to come out and and uh, and show your stuff to us. <laughs> there isn't any stuff to show anymore, Mallard. You know that. <laughs> but um, and there never really was a lot, but. I really appreciate uh, Ryan and, and Mallard for having me on. And, and um, yeah, I, you know, I might take you up on that one day, but uh, that day won't be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's always great to, to catch up with you and Rob Buskis, uh, Darren Elliott, all the alumni that are around the Las Vegas Valley. It, it's uh, it's super cool with what's going on with the VGK alumni. So uh, this has been a real treat. And not just saying that uh, because you and I are buddies. I love picking your brain on things. Uh, thanks, Sharps. You bet. Anytime. You know where to find me. Absolutely. You're right by your phone because we're texting nonstop as we go through the games. And it's nice to have them on the air because it saves me uh, to being distracted by the text. So when we continue, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, a few managerial and coaching changes made on this day as most of the league enters either the playoff phase or the off-season. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. 
All right, let's get to it. Uh, Ryan, uh, your first uh, impression of Jeff Sharples as we made uh, his debut on the VGK Insider Show. Well, he chirps you, so I'm good with that. He does not uh, stop chirping me. Yeah, that's great. I'm, then, I'm a big fan of that. The more chirps of Darren Millard we can get on the program, the better. And then he doubles down on it, and yeah. then he'll get mean after a while. Oh, cool. I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, I want to see that so side. That's, uh, that's the, uh, the side of uh, Jeff Sharples. <laughs> no, he's an awesome guy. He's a, he's a great buddy of mine. One of the great things about moving to Las Vegas is uh, uh, becoming part of this community and the hockey community uh, beyond just the, the hockey team that's on the ice, and Jeff Sharples is a big part of that, going back to his days with the Vegas Thunder, uh, Las Vegas Thunder. Uh National Hockey League news today. The Pittsburgh Penguins have made it official. Mm-hmm. This was certainly reported uh, well in advance uh, yesterday. And, in fact, uh, the Penguins uh, fired team president Brian Burke mm-hmm. and general manager Ron Hextall and assistant GM Chris Pryor. The future of coach Mike Sullivan is not clear cut. Mm-hmm. Now, Sullivan will stay on and will assist managerial duties until replacements for Burke, Hextall, and Pryor are hired. But the spokesperson for the Fenway Sports Management Group said the new general manager or the new president will decide what to do when it comes to the future of Mike Sullivan. He said they think the world of Mike Sullivan, one Mm -hmm. of the top coaches, won uh, two Stanley Cups as coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but uh, the future of the coach as of right now, is is not uh, not determined. But we do know that the two-year run for Ron Hextall and Brian Burke mm-hmm. ended in rather disappointing fashion the way that team went out down the stretch. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that Sidney Crosby's not going to play in the playoffs, but that's, that's unfortunately the hand that we have been dealt. Um, all that to say, though, I... I don't think that this is terribly surprising news and it's probably going to be like a little awkward and uncomfortable for Mike Sullivan to kind of aid and assist in finding that next guy. And then that person's going to be evaluating you as to whether or not you get to stay. That's wild. Well, it wouldn't be uncomfortable for me. I'd love it. Why is that? Being able to, being able to assist in hiring the, my new boss. Uh-huh. I'd be talking to every friend I've got. Oh, well. If I don't know you, you're not in consideration you've, you've for only, that job. You've only got five friends, Darren. So. Well, Good point. So they that, know that that's they, where your five friend limit doesn't help you out. No, no, that's awesome. That's great. They know me. I know them. Uh-huh. And I don't have to spend a lot of time talking to people. It's actually a bigger advantage. It's very rare, by the way, that the manager goes, the president goes, but the coach stays on. Mm-hmm. That gives you an indication of where a lot of the blame. Uh, and this was this was just like uh, we've seen uh, in other cases where. The public reaction gets the better of the market. Uh, th- this was certainly the case where uh, the public, uh, the, the Internet, uh, the Twitter, all that kind of stuff had really turned on uh, on Ron Hexall. Peter Laviolette out as coach of the Washington Capitals, uh, did not make the playoffs. Uh, his uh, run ends. Uh, they've mutually agreed to part ways. Mm-hmm. I've been part of those press releases before. Yeah. It wasn't mutual. Oh, really? Yeah. But sometimes you have to go along with it. Well, you've never, I mean, we've never talked about that. I don't ask you about your past. No, 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 no it's not It's not a bad past. It's just uh, <laughs> they just they said they, they, they want to trim some costs, and uh, I'm a high roller. Uh, that's oh, wow. what happens. Wow. 
It's a good thing you ended up in Vegas. Uh, I know. Tell me about it. So Peter Laviolette is out uh, at Dallas Aikens with the Anaheim Ducks is also gone. This one, um, interesting because I, I think Dallas is a great coach. Uh-huh. But the manager came in in Pat Verbeek, uh, and he came in, uh, looked at things, and decided that he wanted, wants his own guy in there. So this uh, this one was is predictable, not just with the record mm-hmm. of the Anaheim Ducks, yeah. but uh, manager came in after Dallas was already there. It could be that this is the greatest gift Dallas Eakins could have ever given the Anaheim Ducks oh, this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, good point. If if they end up uh, winning the winning the draft lottery, so sure. um, could uh, could see some more uh, dismissals as as we move on here. But those were really fast uh, with uh, a couple of head coaches. And then a manager and a president with uh, with Brian Burke, who's worked for a number of different teams. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brian Burke end up uh, on television, whether it's uh, back on Canadian television or uh, on one of the two national networks uh, that have the national rights in the United States. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we have a, a chance to get involved in the draw for a pair of VGK tickets to game number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will open up the phone lines right now. 702-876-1340. If you're a caller number nine, caller number nine, you'll instantly win a two-foot uh, sub from Porta Subs, and you'll enter into the draw for a couple of tickets to game two on Thursday. Yes. Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets. Game one goes Tuesday. Game two on Thursday, and then it switches to Winnipeg for games three and four. We'll know the times, by the way, and the exact schedule of, of the first round uh, once tonight's schedule, because uh, there's a couple of games tonight, and still things to be determined in the Central Division. Yeah, you're, you're right on the money there, Darren. Uh, 702-876-1340. That's the number. Caller number nine. Caller right number now. nine. Call in, and uh, we'll be back to wrap up the VGK Insider Show, wrap up the week, and what a glorious week it's been on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Now it's time to look forward. Vegas Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets, round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, second time. These two franchises will meet in the Stanley Cup postseason. Vegas won the first go-around and advanced to the Stanley Cup final in year number one. That was in the third round. This time they kick off the postseason against each other on Tuesday at T-Mobile. Games one and two in Vegas, three and four in Winnipeg. And then if necessary, they go 1-1-1 down mm-hmm. the stretch. Vegas, 3-0. and against the Winnipeg Jets during the regular season. You considering that at all when you analyze this matchup? It's there, but I'm not going to put too much weight into that. That was quite a while ago in in very different circumstances. So I I like the fact that the Golden Knights went 3-0, but I don't know that that holds too much weight going into the, the matchup now. You know, it's been a wild, twisty, turny route for Vegas this year. And their path, a lot more direct than Winnipeg's. Sure. Because that has had ups and downs, pitfalls, lefts, rights all over the place. And they squeak their way in and qualify. But they're a dangerous team with offensive weapons and a Vesna Trophy winning goaltender. It's- a lot to get into. 
Yeah, it's not going to be an easy series by any stretch. Mm. I think it should be easy. I like easy. You always say that. I'm just I'm disappointed when things aren't easy. Wow. I'm sure like, you know what they say. You'll you'll appreciate it more when the the harder you have to work. I don't want that. Yeah. I want easy. I don't want to appreciate anything. Tracks. I just want to slip into the night perfectly. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>